wholetruthfoods.com. At The Whole Truth, we are on a mission to simplify our food and release it from the grip of big food marketeers. And we do this by focusing on the fundamentals of food and fitness. <laughs> Basically, you will not find a seven ways to get six pack abs here. Instead, what you will find is that in each episode, we'll pick one fundamental food and nutrition topic and dig deep. We'll bring together a panel of experts with whom I'll host this as a round table as we go about unearthing the 360 degree unbiased truth of the topic at hand. That's it. That's our project. Let's drive right in. month we're discussing sugar the history biology psychology and physiology of sugar today we have kumud dadlani kumud is a food anthropologist and a sustainable supply chain manager kumud has written for the condenas traveler the hindu the culture trip the daily pow and several other noteworthy publications kumud i'm going to read a few lines out of a toi article from 2013 this is 7 years ago it says and i quote Uh, the per capita consumption of sugar in india is 20.2 kgs that's lower than the global average of 24.8 but it's growing more rapidly than the global average uh, the consumption in india of sugar has gone up from 5% to 13% of the sugar produced globally now my question to you as as a budding food anthropologist is this how did this happen to us Uh, can you explain the history of sugar and how it entered our supply chain and just help us understand the his, the landscape of sugar in the indian context sure um i'm going to try and keep this as brief as possible when it comes to the history because it's so much to know uh but you know to to be honest sugar has been in india for a really long time and we actually play a really big role in um in sugar in world history um also to say that we are definitely one of the primary origin areas of sugarcane um but before sugarcane itself we are we have been known to extract you know a syrup or molasses from palm trees which was there before sugarcane um so you can see like notes from alexander army on 326 bc i think uh, when they went in india and they speak about you know quote honey from reeds you know um so we ha- always have had sugar for a very long time now jumping to probably say the gupta dynasty which was again i think around the 3rd century bc um and we've had lots of introductions of new foods and you know innovations and inventions were on all time high and that's when we get to see crystallized sugar as we see it today that was the first time that we actually become accustomed and acquainted with crystallized sugar um you know because before that ayurveda did use some form of sugar you know in a syrup form where it is used as a form of medicine but then again in really small quantities i think that's something that's important to remember as well um so i'll jump now to probably the british rule in india and um you know the kind of impact that that had on our production of sugar canes in general um you know we we see the british rule they've been here for like a really long time and it also coincides with the industrialization of um of of the world you know the industrial 
era. So our food systems did change with that as well. And sugar and the Britishers have some sort of like a history together where they have encouraged plantations in all the colonies. Um, and also they're very strategic, the Britishers, right? So when sugar got expensive to import from the West Indies, they saw an opportunity to increase production in India, you know, just because of the sheer cost of it. Um, and they would also see, for example, um, the Mahuri tribe in, in Orissa and Bihar and Bengal, which was all one state at that point, they making sugar. So again, we've always made sugar in some form or the other. And the Britishers just probably took, you know, notes from us, probably how to make sugar in a cheap fashion. So, you know, industries were, were started in that area again, um, just to make sugar specifically for the Britishers and to import to Britain. So um, it's kind of snuck up on us in a lot of ways and different products that are available in the market. Uh, and that goes to do with, you know, the last decade where FMCG sectors boomed to a considerable size. Um, so I think when we see, when we're traveling and we see, you know, fast food outlets, that becomes a point of sugar intake. You know, if we are living this westernized way of living, which is fast paced and, you know, a lot of focus on work and not necessarily our health. Uh, we want things fast. And all of these really quick, instant products do contain sugar. Um, it's a way of you know, stabilizing the product. It's a way to get them addicted to the product, uh, which is why you would see you know, lifestyle diseases like diabetes on an all-time increase in India as well. So it's, it's got to do with you know, definitely a shift in our lifestyle. Got it. That's actually very interesting in that the history of sugar that you charted for us, uh, especially the recent history also reminds me of the global recent history of, uh, you know, HFCS, which is high fructose corn syrup, which is the cheapest and perhaps the worst form of sugar in the global supply chains today, was, was an outcome of the Great Depression uh, in the 1970s. Uh, uh, when, you know, the Western world was going through an economic depression and, and U.S. told its farmers to shift to a cash crop and the best and easiest cash crop was corn. So they produced so much corn that they couldn't consume it within their domestic economy. And uh, then they invented HLCS uh, to convert corn into a sugary syrup and then export it to the world. And we know how good the American marketing machinery is. Once they started marketing their cookies and cakes and breads to us, we just couldn't stop because it was so addictive. And HFC has entered the world's uh, supply chain. So it's it's interesting to see how, in many ways, you know, the present is just uh, an outcome of uh, you know political and economic choices of the past. We we left off at a very intriguing uh, point, you know, with the fact that Indians are notorious for how sweet their sweets are. Uh, we've always had our kulfis and cheese and gulab jamuns and whatnots. And they're the most sugar-drippy sweets that you'll find in the world. Like we take stuff, we fry it, we put it in a sugar liquid and then serve it with sugar, right? So uh, yet, if you look at the stats, uh, Indians are far less overweight and obese than, say, the Americans. Uh, uh, there's data that says that about 40% of American adults are overweight. Uh, about one in every four American adults uh, has or will have diabetes in their life. Uh, so that's above 25-30% as an average, right? 
that number in india till 10 years ago used to be 12% it's now risen to 20% so mm-hmm. my question is if we've always had so much sweet sweet in our diet why is it that all the markers of health related to sugar are worsening now in the last decade or so yeah i think it's a really good question just to bring in some perspective i feel like you have to see after you know the british has left us how industries have increased right so for example i want to answer this in like maybe a two fold answer sort of a thing so one is that the dairy industries increase and boomed as well so we consume a lot of dairy we produce a lot of dairy and we consume also a lot of dairy and most of the our uh you know by products as to speak of dairy is desserts and where desserts are sugar is going to be used as well um and that also speaks to not just um you know a specific sect of society it speaks to the society in general the mass population right so unless we don't have uh better choices of sugar what they're going to see in the market which is your refined sugars what they're going to use right so your kirana stores any like corner store has packet of sugars your refined crystallized white sugar um and that's not necessarily a good thing obviously as we are trying to speak but i think on the cultural aspect also that i want to kind of touch upon is that sugar is seen as a happy emotion being in india just the sheer amount of festivals that we have there's like a natural upgrade of how much sweets we consume uh, you know not just throughout the year but also specifically to these festivals you know it is um celebratory it is auspicious to a certain limit so you know besides festivals also like how else i have seen sugar play a role in you know indian food cultures that you know i know a lot of mothers who want to give their child like dahi and sugar ka mixture before they're going for an exam you know and now when you really think about it, i think what's happening on a chemistry uh point of view is that their brain is being activated and addicted and awake you know which is why they probably can give the exam uh a lot more when they are alert so you see like this nuances a little bit here and there you know for example like if we have family visiting from abroad the one thing that they would surely get is something sweet it's just it's just seen as a happy emotion that's just the way sugar is and has been in our food culture and not just india but you know all over of course um you know the second part of this answer is that our our food systems have changed yes as i said you know there is this wave of like westernization that's come into our lifestyles and that also means like high in fat high in salt and definitely high in sugar and these sell like hot cakes you know it is it's good marketing and you know we see the younger generation when they step out it's you know when they want to hang hang out with their friends it's over a cup of coffee or let's get a brownie or let's get waffles you know so you have an attack of sugar from like a traditional point of view but also from a westernized point of view you can't seem to escape it you know uh, interestingly i think there is also a evolutionary angle to why uh, sweets came to be connected so deeply with happy emotions i it, it, in the hunter gatherer times the the thing you used to survive on was grass or some form of uh leafy stuff and then once in a while you'd get a kill and then you'll get protein and fat the toughest thing to come across was sugar for which you'd have to forage for nuts and berry, uh, for you know berries and dates and and fruits etc especially in the concentrated form it was really tough to get get sugar and hence sugar became a thing of value because humans needed energy to either chase their food or 
run away to not become someone else's food and that burst of energy used to come from sugar which was not very easily available and hence sugar became uh, you know this prized thing that you kept for the guests and this thing that gave you so much happiness because of the dopamine effect so it was almost like a magical magical thing and until date we are uh, you know we are a prey to that evolutionary biology also and add to that what you're saying that you know we've always had this constant stream of sugary sweets in india but we used to always have them as you know once a day as dessert but with the ubiquity of sugar seeping into everything we eat during the day the sweets haven't gone away but all of this has gotten loaded on top of that and that's pushed us uh, over the edge when the indian system both honey and jaggery have existed for donkey's years and now uh, more evolved forms of healthy sounding sugars like coconut sugar and date sugar and all are also coming in uh as as someone who looks at the food supply chain in the country are you seeing uh these types of sugar their production and their prevalence in the supply chain go up yeah um i think there definitely has been a shift for sure um and it's a growing segment and I know to be dabbling in it once in a while, where I go out and I see what kind of sugars are available, and you know what does that mean for flavor profiles? Where can I add this? Does this make sense? You know, so it's definitely a lifestyle choice. Now it's a bigger, um, it's a bigger task. It's not as simple as going out there and being okay. What sugars are there? You know, that also means that you know that same person who is opting for these sugars are going to like you know the farmers market or trying to source local coffee so it's definitely a larger agenda in place and you know um that's a good thing you know it is a ripple effect it's not just one thing i'm just going to go and select sugar there's definitely other arenas of your life that you're also trying to change and become healthier um you know people are traveling you know they're more experimental nowadays and now that we are seeing other sugars in the market it's, it's an easier uh it's an easier task to do you know you don't have to really deep dive or make like a five calls to be like where can i get stevia from it's so available in the market right now so definitely that has changed um people's buying buying choices um you know i think i think this is going to grow for sure um because we see like even you know the vegan lifestyle or the plant based lifestyle on a all time rise and it's again only going to grow um i think there also has to be a point where this is a little bit uh, influenced by the west again uh, you know i feel like i keep using this example of like yoga for example you know yoga is in india been based in india but it's gone abroad repackaged as sevanas being sold to india so i also feel like you know indians according to me you know with our food systems and our balanced you know ayurvedic tradition we've always been healthy healthier than the rest of the world so i feel like even this shift in buying choices is being repackaged in the west and then coming back to india which is only a good thing i guess but i think we should definitely see what is available within india and choose the local uh, forms of sugar you know and not probably artificial sweetener um but i think what is really important is also how you read labels i think it's a life skill that everybody should know is how you read uh, labels of your packaged foods um uh, because sugar fat um and uh, salt will sneak up on you and we leave our listeners with that thought thank you so much for this discussion folks 
We hope this episode intrigued you. All this month, we are discussing sugar. In the next episodes, we have an in-depth discussion with Ashton Doc, aka the Habit Coach, on living a lifestyle free of added sugar, and with Sajeev Devag about her real, personal experience on giving up sugar for thirty days. Do check out episode one of the Whole Truth Project, and remember that we release a new podcast every Sunday. Don't forget to subscribe and share, and do follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Links are in the episode description. Ciao for now.